This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I first started urging Donald Trump to run for president in 1988, again in 2000, once again in 2012, and then finally 2016, when the time and the man were exactly right. I believe that Donald Trump was put in place by the Lord at a pivotal time in American history. Knowing Donald Trump for 44 years, unfortunately, made me a target of the Robert Mueller witch hunt. So you may recognize me from CNN because on January 25th, 2019, at six o'clock in the morning, 29 heavily armed FBI agents in full SWAT gear and brandishing fully automatic M4 assault weapons stormed my home to arrest me for the first time nonviolent crime of lying to Congress under oath in my voluntary testimony before the House Intelligence Committee regarding Russian collusion that we now know definitively, based on the report of Special Counsel John Durham, never actually happened. Uh, I was subjected to a Soviet-style show trial in Washington, D.C., in which virtually all of my rights uh, were violated. The judge essentially disallowed any reasonable defense. Uh, I had a corrupted jury forewoman who testified during jury selection that she had no idea who I was and was unfamiliar with the controversy surrounding the charges against me, but who it turned out had attacked me and President Donald Trump by name on her Twitter and Facebook profiles, but had them on a private setting during jury selection and during my trial. At trial, the government provided no evidence whatsoever of Russian collusion or actual WikiLeaks collaboration. Um, I was charged with process crimes. On November 3rd, 2020, after receiving both a commutation of my sentence before I was to report to a dank Georgia prison, where I think the plan was for me to die of COVID, uh, and being pardoned uh, at Christmas of 2020. By the way, look that up on the internet. It's very hard to find. Uh, I was heartened to see the final, long-redacted, long-hidden a final report of special counsel Robert Mueller that was disgorged on election day, November 3rd, 2020, uh, only by the order of a federal judge, uh, which said that even uh, Robert Mueller could not sugarcoat the fact that he had found, quote, no factual evidence of Russian collusion, WikiLeaks collaboration, or any other crime on my part. Therefore, I may be one of the few people in the country, along with General Michael Flynn, uh, Paul Manafort, uh, Carter Page, uh, and uh, George Papadopoulos, 
Who knows how the president of the United States, our 45th president, feels today. And therefore, let me start by thanking the president only by the grace of God and because President Donald Trump had the courage and the strength uh, to see that I was unjustly prosecuted in order to pressure me to testify falsely against him, something I refused to do. All of my early beliefs that Donald Trump could not only be a great candidate for president, but he could be one of the greatest presidents in our history, were completely and totally fulfilled. He gave us the strongest, most robust economy in our history, record job growth, record wage growth, the lowest levels of unemployment among all Americans, black Americans, white Americans, Asian Americans, young Americans, old Americans, urban Americans, rural Americans. He brought billions of dollars back into this country to be invested here to create jobs here. He rebuilt America's military strength, which had been allowed to atrophy under President Barack Obama. He appointed scores of conservatives to the federal courts. But more importantly, he began no foreign wars. In fact, he began the process of bringing our men and women back from the endless foreign wars that had been put in place by his predecessors. It was an extraordinary record. Now it is my honor to welcome the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Well, Roger, thank you very much. It's my honor to be doing your first show. Your show is going to be very successful. I know you. You have a lot to say, but a lot of smart things to say, and I think you're going to have a tremendous success. So it's my honor to be your on your first show, and I guess your first guest. Uh, Mr. President, I cannot thank you enough. Let's get right into it, because there is so much news. Uh, I saw you yesterday uh, on the stump. I really think your speech in Georgia was one of the best stump speeches I've ever seen you give, and I'm a longtime observer of the Trump magic. I saw it when we went to New Hampshire in 1988. Uh, You were never never that interested in running for president that year, but I really wanted you to run. Uh, But I saw the chemistry that you had with voters, an ability to reach voters that, let's face it, Mitt Romney, John McCain could never reach. Uh, It is therefore extraordinary to me that now, with you are the overwhelming favorite for renomination and leading Joe Biden in the general election polls, uh, that special counsel Jack Smith has dropped an indictment on the exact same day that House Republicans discovered undisputed evidence that Vice President Joe Biden and his son each took $5 million bribes to ensure that Biden would pressure a Ukrainian government to fire a prosecutor who was investigating corruption in Ukraine, in Ukraine involving Hunter Biden and Burisma. Uh, is this a coincidence, Mr. President? So I don't think so. Uh, I think they are bad people. I think they're thugs. Uh, if you remember, this was the uh, learner. This was the person that was so bad on the IRS scandal. I guess it's lowest learner. Uh, it was a disaster for Christians, for evangelicals, and for people of faith. Uh, he was horrible. He was just absolutely horrible. I saw him yesterday. He was shaking and uh, very nervous at the podium. He spoke for two and a half minutes, and he couldn't get off fast enough because, you know, he has the power of the Justice Department, and he plays that big because he's a bully. 
but he uh, he's had a lot of losses, and uh, this is a disgrace. This thing is a disgrace, and virtually everybody other than a lowlife like Bill Mar- Bill Barr, who I, as you know, I terminated because he was gutless. He wouldn't do what you're supposed to do. But uh, everybody says this is a uh, disgraceful indictment. It shouldn't happen. It was done for political reasons, but it was also done, I guess, to cover up the kind of a massive crime that's now being revealed by the Republicans in the House. It's uh, it's incredible when you look at what happened, when you look at the kind of money that flows into the Biden family and to Joe Biden, by the way. And so they wanted to do a distraction. They'll probably come up with a jaywalking charge on Hunter in the not too distant future, you know, a very small charge so they can say, well, it's fair. But this is a very uh, unfair situation. We're living in a very, uh, very corrupt country. We have open borders. We have horrible elections. I mean, just horrible elections. Uh, You take a look at what went on in the 2020 election and others. But you take a look at that disaster of the 2020 election with all of the things that have been found that the courts don't want to work on. They don't want to discuss so we're really living in a very corrupt country, but we'll uh, we'll change it around, Roger, and we'll make America great again. We had it going like nobody's ever had it going three years ago. We were energy independent. We had low taxes. We had low interest rates. We we had things happening in our country. We came up with Space Force. We rebuilt our military. We had things that were nobody's ever seen. Remember, we had a very strong border. You know, it's very interesting. I was talking, you mentioned the Georgia speech. We made one in Georgia yesterday and a very big one in North Carolina. And uh, a little bit similar because basically you talk about all the bad things that are happening now and all the good things that we did. But it used to be in 2016 when I was campaigning, everything was about the border because the border was really bad. Then I did so well in the border, people really didn't want to even talk about the border in the 2020 race. But we got... Millions and millions more votes in 2020. We did much better in 2020 than we did in 2016, but it was a rigged election. So it's one of those things. But uh, we're going to have a tremendous we're going to have a tremendous victory in 2024. And we're going to turn the country around again. I want to remind our listeners, if you're just tuning in, this is WABC Radio. This is the Roger Stone Show. And I have the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln on my show. President Donald J. Trump. What amazes me, Mr. President, is the way there's almost a virtual media blackout uh, of the news regarding this stunning corruption uh, by the Biden crime family. Terrific piece in today's New York Post. uh, Federal prosecutors shameless lack of zeal probing Joe and Hillary Clinton uh, by Michael Goodwin. Uh, Subtitled Justice is hardly blind in the case versus Donald. I urge people to read this in today's New York Post. Uh, do you believe that former Attorney General Bill Barr is in fact part of the deep state and was actually involved in the cover-up of the Biden bribery allegations, particularly since he, when he became aware of it, he never mentioned it to you, the President of the United States, and he transferred the file uh, and the whistleblower evidence from the Pittsburgh U.S. Attorney's Office to the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office where it remained hidden and buried in a file and lay dormant with no actions taken to this very day. I think he's a coward who didn't do his job. He was desperately afraid of being impeached. You remember when the Democrats were saying we're going to impeach Bill Barr? There was no reason to impeach him, but they were going to impeach Bill Barr. And he was uh, petrified of being impeached. I said, I got impeached twice and my poll numbers went up. Not so bad. But, you know, uh, he was a coward, and unfortunately, we have to live with that. 
uh, we gotten to know people now, and I got to know people in Washington. I went from very seldom being there. I guess I was there 17 times during the course of my life. I never stayed over. And I didn't know people. I relied on people for references. And we got a lot of it right. We had unbelievable people, as you know, in the administration. But we also had some that we got wrong. And Bill Barr was a mistake. Uh, and, uh, you know, too bad, but he was a mistake. You're going to have some of them. But uh, what he is, what he's done and the way he talks now. But uh, he's certainly friendly with some bad people because virtually everybody you see, and especially the analysts like Greg Jarrett, if it's some incredible thing, Jonathan Turley, uh, Mark Levin has been incredible, Sean Hannity, they've, they've all gone through this and they've looked at it very carefully. They were the ones that got the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax right when that was all the rage. You know, that was all I was colluding with Russia. Turned out that to be. Just in fact, they said no collusion at the end. People, 18 people, angry Democrats that hated me came up with a report. No collusion. You know, it's all a hoax, just all a big hoax. This is the same kind of a hoax. And they go from one to the next. They think of it. Russia, 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 Ukraine, 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 impeachment hoax one, impeachment hoax two, uh, the uh, fake dossier. Uh, spying on the campaign. These are very dishonest, very corrupt people. But Bill Barr, is I think he's more weak than anything else. And now he goes and he sits down and if they can find a chair for him, because it's not that easy. And he sits down and he just uh, bloviates. And it's disgraceful. He's so it's it's actually unpatriotic. It's so bad for our country. Uh, just so bad. But, you know, he's got a lot of hatred. I fired him for just not doing his job. And, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I said, uh, give me a paper of resignation. And he did. He gave me a paper of resignation. And then they say, oh, they left. They didn't leave. I said, give it to me. I could name others, too. I try to be nice by doing that. But I said, give me your resignation. Give me a paper. And, uh, you know, so he's got dislike, as a lot of people would. But he uh, he didn't have the courage to fight it. And when they said the key word, impeachment, we're going to impeach Bill Barr, he became a nothing and uh, he was just a very unpatriotic person and is very bad for very, very bad for the country. And he uh, will say anything they want him to say about me. But the uh, the indictment itself is a disgrace. It's a disgrace. And I do believe it was it was put up at a time where they found tremendously horrible things about the family and other things are coming. And Roger, I have to say, you said it really very well during the course of this question. Uh, I have to say that it's what the media, the fake news doesn't say, which is bigger than what they do say, because they have all this stuff. Uh, Jamie Comer and Jim Jordan and the whole group, they're incredible. The job they're doing. The problem is nobody wants to write about it. I mean, they just don't write about it. They don't want to write about it. Ten years ago, 15 years ago, 25 years ago, if you said that some, a president got $5 million, but now it's $5 million and it's many times over. And a lot of it came from China, it looks like. And not it looks like they have money coming in from China, money coming in from Ukraine, money coming from everywhere. And China is just ripping us left and right. And they're not afraid of us because I think they have so much on Biden with the corruption that they know he's not going to be doing very much against them. So they're taking advantage of the United States more so than they have had. You know, I took in billions and billions of dollars from China, billions, billions, hundreds of billions of dollars. No other president's taken in like literally 10 cents, not 10 cents. And I explained to people, look, China, we all can respect China for what it is or you don't have to respect it. But it's a big power. 
And President Xi is at the top of his game. And we have somebody that's not on the top of his game. And it just seems to be that uh, just nothing is happening to stop them. And I think because they've got something on him, they literally have something on him because there's no way he could be that weak. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Uh, Speaking of the polls, uh, a new CBS News poll uh, released this morning, taken post-indictment, now has you leading your nearest opponent, Governor Ron DeSantis, 61 to 23, with another 14% saying that they are leaning to you, Mr. President, which would actually make your total a potential of 75%. Now, I live in Florida. I, I voted for Governor DeSantis three times. I voted for him in the primary when you endorsed him. I voted for him in the 2018 general election. I voted for him recently when he was elected, reelected only five months ago. I feel strongly that Governor DeSantis owes his governorship to your tweeted endorsement of him in 2018 when he was running hopelessly behind in the Republican primary. And also when you changed your schedule late in 2018 and came to Florida three times in the final two weeks of the campaign to stump for him and literally drag him over the finish line. Uh, how do you feel about Governor DeSantis's candidacy today? Well, I think that he's doing very poorly. He uh, has a personality problem. He's got none. And if you watched in uh, North Carolina, if you watched yesterday in Georgia, uh, he made a speech and everybody fell asleep. Uh, I think he's doing very badly. Remember, when he was running for governor of Florida the first time, he was polling at numbers that were very, very small. He was he was out of he was already looking for jobs. He was looking for jobs at law firms. He was out. It was over. And then he came to see me and he said, I'd love you to endorse me, please. Would you endorse me? I can't tell you how strongly he begged me. And, you know, I didn't know the other person, Adam Putnam. I didn't know him, although in retrospect, a lot of people that were friends with me, they worked for him. And they said it was like a bomb went off when I endorsed DeSantis. But DeSantis was uh, going to be landslided. It was going to be a landslide election against him primary. And I endorsed him and he went like a a rocket ship up and he ended up winning in a landslide in a very short period of time, you know, because the primary, as you remember, was very close to when I endorsed him. He was out of politics. Then I had to get him through Gillum. And uh, at the time, if you remember, he was uh, the hottest politician in the Democrat Party. And Stacey Abrams, a female version. So you have Stacey Abrams and him. They were the hottest. And uh, DeSanctimonious didn't think that he could possibly win that one, even though he now had the nomination, only because of my endorsement and working for him, too. But he was way behind now with the Democrat, who was really hot. We, You know, he's uh, I guess he's uh, now they think of him as a crackhead. But the fact is, at the time, he was a you know good looking guy. He was going to run. He was going to win. He was going to be president someday. They all said he was going to be. Uh, president of the United States, and DeSantis didn't think he could. I held three Trump rallies from really big, thousands and thousands of people, 
over a short period of time, and he ended up winning the election. And that was it. And then a few years later, they said, and I didn't have too much to do with them during the course, but a few, except that I helped Florida a lot as president. I helped Florida a lot. Anything Florida wanted, I gave them. I was really good to Florida because I love Florida. And then what happened, and you know this, you, in fact, you sort of mentioned it a few times and called me once, but uh, they said, would you run against the president to run to sanctimonious? Now, you know, some people I help and some people I get elected, and I'm close to 99% when I endorse a Republican candidate. And with the, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this, the midterms, I had tremendous success. A lot of people didn't win, but that, but I didn't endorse them. When I endorsed, I was 233 wins. Think of that, 233 against 253. I lost 20. So I lost 20. You know, they all mentioned Herschel. Herschel's a good guy. Herschel went through hell. But they all mentioned Herschel Walker. But the fact is, we had we had a tremendous, a tremendous win. Anybody, if I were a baseball player, I'd be the highest paid times about 10 for that record. But, you know, they always say did badly in the midterms. We actually did very well. I did very well. But plenty of people lost for various reasons. But so when they asked Ron De Sanctus, I call him, but Ron, I call him De Sanctimonious. De Sanctus is sort of an abbreviation of De Sanctimonious. It's sort of clever, but some people haven't figured it out. Actually, it's really growing. But I do that because he is a sanctimonious kind of a guy. What happened is, uh, and, and it was very sad, they asked him, would you run against the president? Now, this is somebody that got him elected. He was out. He was out of it. It was gone. The thing was over. Adam Putnam was the, uh, as you know, the agricultural commissioner. He had millions and millions of dollars. He was leading by 30 or 40 points. The, the race was over. When I endorsed Ron, he took off and he shortly thereafter won by a lot. He won by a lot. It just the whole thing. In fact, Putnam realized about 20 minutes after I pressed the trigger, the sacred trigger, he realized that the race was over. They all did. Nobody ever called me from their side either. It's sort of amazing. They all complained, but nobody called me because I would have thought about endorsing him. He was good. But I endorsed, I endorsed DeSantis. And after I endorsed him, he won the race. And then I got him through. You know, I got him through the other one against a Democrat. And then they shouted out to him. Some reporter shouted, would you run against the president? And he said, uh, I have no comment on that. And I said, he had no comment. Did he just say he had no? That means he's going to run. This guy's going to run. So I consider it very disloyal, and I'm not a fan of his. Now, on top of it, he's been a bad candidate. Uh, you could almost say he's been an incompetent candidate. And remember this, Roger, everybody's been a good governor for the last 25 years. Everybody, anybody in Florida, you know, you have the sun, you have the ocean, you have a great state, you have a great work ethic. It's been uh, Rick Scott was a very good governor. Very you good. could even say Charlie Chris was a good governor. I mean, you know, as everybody's a been a good governor. Yeah, as a Republican. What amazes me, Mr. President, nobody gives you credit for the victory of J.D. Vance in Ohio. Nobody gives mm -hmm. you credit for the victory of Ron Johnson in, in Wisconsin. Those were mm -hmm. tough, hard Ted Budd, races. Ted Budd, who's been fantastic, Ted, by the Ted way. Budd in, in, Ted in Budd in North Carolina. And many, other, and many other Republicans in the Senate that would have lost. I mean, if you look at some of the people, I mean, many of the candidates would have lost. I helped Jody Ernst. I helped Sullivan in Alaska. He forgot about that, but that's okay. Uh, I helped many, many senators win. I helped Mitch McConnell win, which was a mistake because he's going to go down as one of the worst Republicans in history. But 
He couldn't have been nicer to me for two years. And I figured, look, I got enough fights going on. I don't have to go. So I, I gave him the endorsement. And then right after the endorsement, he turned to me. I, at Kentucky, I won by a lot. And uh, Mitch McConnell was losing by a lot. He was going to lose that race big. And he came to see me in the White House. He asked me whether or not I'd endorse him. And, you know, I didn't run anybody in the primary. If I would have run somebody against him in the primary, we would. if we could have taken Jamie Comer and run him against Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell would have had no chance. But we didn't think of it. You know, nobody thought of it. And then I so I endorsed him and he took off and he won. He won very easily. And, uh, you know, frankly, I wish I didn't endorse him. I think he's been horrible for the Republican Party. I just think he's been absolutely horrible. Well, Mr. President, I think it was one of your predecessors, uh, President Harry Truman, who said, if you want loyalty, get a dog. Uh, yeah. That kind of sums politics up. Uh, but, you know, Roger, there is great of- loyalty. Roger, there is great loyalty also. I mean, there are tremendous numbers. I mean, for the most part, people have been very loyal. And I don't want loyalty like, you know, gee, I'm with Trump no matter what. I, I You know, let people, I want them to have their own ideas, their own freedom, so to speak. I want them to you know, make a decision and make it right and do the right thing for the country, for their state, whatever it is that we're endorsing for. But some of these people are stone cold, like terrible. But many are great. Tommy Tuberville is a fantastic person. And you're right about J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance has been really incredible. He's doing a fantastic job. Uh, Mark Wayne Mullen uh, in Oklahoma. Mark Wayne in Oklahoma. Mark Wayne has been great. You know, Mark Wayne was a great wrestler like Jim like Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan was the NCAA champion and more than once, I believe. But, uh, you know, these guys are uh, these guys are great. When you're a champion like that, you tend to be a little bit different. And uh, Mark Wayne was a great wrestler, tough cookie. And uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma is great. In Oklahoma, I won 77 out of 77 counties. I love it. I love that state. 77 out of 77 counties. Ronald Reagan, Used to have the record, 56 out of 77. I won all 77 counties. Nobody ever thought that was possible. And I backed, endorsed Mark Wayne, and he won. And, uh, you know, you said great people in Oklahoma. But we've had a tremendous uh, record of success. So when I talk about a slob like Bill Barr, uh, just a you know, stupid person in a lot of ways, uh, this is really, uh, you know, not the standard. We've had tremendously successful people. But some we haven't. And, you know, we cannot afford to have cowards. We need strong people because our country is going to hell. And these people, they're Marxists, they're communists, they're fascists. They're destroying our country with open borders where millions of people. I believe at the end of the year, you're going to have 15. The real number is 15 million people will have illegally come into our country. Many from prisons, from institutions, uh, mental institutions, insane asylums. I believe you're talking about 15 million people, Roger, and no country can sustain that. No country. And these are many of these people are people you do not want in your country. You're talking about mental institutions and prisoners and prisons are being emptied out all over the world. Not just the three or four countries that we think about because they're close to the United States all over the world. They're being emptied out and they're being sent into the to our country that we love so much, and we got to get them out. They're criminals. They're mentally ill. They're dumping them in our country, and we cannot let it happen. And they must hate – I tell you what, they must hate these Democrats, these crazy lunatic Democrats like deranged uh, Jack Smith. He's a deranged person, in my opinion. His wife 
hates me more than he does. You got to see what a wife, the wife hates Trump more than she hates any human being who's ever lived. And it's a shame. It's a shame that we can have this because we did a great job with borders, with taxes, with with everything. I mean, we've did a great job with everything that people can hate so much. But I believe they hate our country. Uh, Mr. President, many of your supporters intend to go to the Miami courthouse on Tuesday to demonstrate their support for you and to protest what they see as unfair and politically motivated charges. I've urged all of your supporters on social media and on my daily show, StoneZone.Live, which you can see at five o'clock on the Internet, that if they decide to go, it is essential that they keep it peaceful, civil and legal. Uh, Our mutual friend, uh, Laura Loomer, uh, my friend Alex Oteola, both of them have worked very hard on organizing this upcoming peaceful demonstration. Do you have a message for those who may be planning to go to uh, just to demonstrate their support for you? I do. We need strength in our country now. Our country is being taken away from us. Our country is going uh, communist. It's going uh, Marxist. It's going really bad. And the people of our country aren't that way, but the people running it are. And we need strength at this point. And everyone's afraid to do anything. They're afraid to talk. And they have to go out and they have to uh, protest peacefully. They have to go. You know, in New York, where the uh, fake D.A., this D.A. who is totally against doing anything against because he said he didn't commit a crime. Then he gets talked into it by uh, one of Hillary Clinton's lawyers, if you can believe it, a guy named Mark Pomerantz, who left his law firm representing Hillary and the Democrat Party to become a prosecutor in a district attorney's office to get me. Then he was so radical that the district attorney said, holy, but this guy's crazy. We got to fire him. They get him out. And then he writes a book during the course of the investigation, which is a, which is totally illegal what he did. So I guess he's going to be suffering certain consequences based on what he did. Think of it. The prosecutor writes a book and puts out, publishes a book before they do anything. The D.A. then changed his mind and they said, let's on something that's not even a crime. It's not a crime. Did nothing wrong. And so that was so they had protesters. The problem is they put them so far away that nobody knew about them. They had a tremendously large uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was there. You probably saw that. But they had a lot. But they put they try and put them so far away. Look, our country has to protest. We have plenty of to protest. We've lost everything. We've lost our borders. We've lost our election integrity. We've lost respect all over the world. They want to double and triple your taxes. Look at what they want to do to your taxes. These crazy people want to make your taxes so high you're not going to be able to live. We were energy independent, Roger, three years ago, totally energy independent. We were soon going to be energy dominant. We have more oil than Saudi Arabia or Russia. We were going to be doubled up the size. We were going to have more than both of them put together in production. We were going to pay off debt. And we're going to lower taxes still further. I gave the largest tax cuts in the history of our country, bigger than the Reagan tax cuts. We were going to lower taxes further and pay off debt simultaneously because of the energy industry, the liquid gold under our feet. We have more than anybody else. And then we had a rigged election and that ended. Now energy is going through the roof. You have to see what they're paying in New England for electricity. Nobody in the world is paying the kind of numbers they're paying. And it's very sad to watch what's happening to our country. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower was elected president on a pledge to end the war in Korea. Richard Nixon was elected president on a pledge to end the war in Vietnam. I believe that you are the one man uh, with the credibility 
uh, and the track record to end the war in Ukraine. It was you who cut off the Russian oil pipeline. Uh, it was your administration that gave offensive missiles uh, to the Ukrainians. Uh, why do you think it is, first of all, that Vladimir Putin did not invade Russia during the Trump administration, just as the Chinese did not invade uh, Taiwan? Uh, but uh, you have said that you believe you could solve this war in 24 hours. I believe you have the credibility uh, and the personal relationships with everybody included uh, to do that. Uh, I think you need to run as the peace candidate. So the reason he didn't invade was that I told him not to in very strong terms. And I had a very good relationship with Putin. I told him not to. I said, don't even think about it. And I told him what would happen if he did. Very strong. Same thing with President Xi of China. I had a great relationship until COVID. And I didn't want a relationship, actually. But we would have a great relationship again. But, you know, nobody did to China what I did because they paid hundreds of billions of dollars to us, to us, to our treasury. I gave $28 billion to the farmers. That's why I said I'm not losing Iowa. How can I lose Iowa? I'm up, I think, 45 points in Iowa. I gave the farmers $28 billion a gift from China. That was a gift from China because of what China did to our farmers. They made life very tough for our farmers, and it was very inappropriate. I found out from Sonny Perdue, Secretary of Agriculture, I said, how much damage did they do? $28 billion, sir. It was over a four-year period. I said, really, $28 billion? That's a lot of money. Okay, good. I got it from China. They gave them $28 billion. I said, I'm not losing Nebraska and Iowa and the farm states. I'm going to win by a lot, and I'm way, way ahead in those states. And you're right about that, Paul. You know, CBS is no friend of mine, I can tell you, because they're fake news. I caught CBS fake news. But uh, CBS did a poll, and those numbers are massive. And uh, DeSantis is going way down because people are understanding. I mean, he went to, I guess it was, was it Georgia yesterday? They, they had a very small group of people, and they were so bored they started leaving. They were leaving halfway through the speech, and I could have told them that. Remember this. Before I endorsed him, he was a failed candidate. He only became a successful candidate the second I endorsed him. And then all of a sudden he became this great genius where he was a successful candidate. But that was really artificial success because it was based on my endorsement, which I'm very proud of, which I don't give easily. But we got, as you probably saw, we got tremendous uh, endorsements, numbers of endorsements yesterday from congressmen from Georgia and North Carolina, great people. And uh, it's really been amazing what's happening. There's more love in this country right now. They want the country the way they used to have it. And we'll get it back. We'll, we'll get it back even more so. We'll make America greater than it's ever been. And we can do that. But if we don't win this election, I think our country is finished. Uh, the American people love Melania, who I've had the privilege of knowing since 1999, even before you were married. My wife and I were honored to be at your wedding at Bethesda by the Sea in Palm Beach. She's viewed by the American people as one of the most cultured, elegant, kind-hearted, and chic first ladies in American history. A lot of people text me about this and emailed me in preparation for the show. People want to know how she's doing, how she feels about your 2024 campaign to regain the White House, and how she's holding up uh, during these outrageous, unfair, politically motivated attacks on you. So she's a terrific person. 
She's a very beautiful person, as you know. She made a tremendous amount of money. She was very successful as a model, and in a very low-key way. She doesn't care that much. She's got an attitude that's amazing. She's got a tremendous heart, but she takes things for what they are, and she's just a very very confident person. It's very interesting. She doesn't need things like some people. They're always pushing themselves out there. She's the opposite. Uh, and people really love her. It's it's interesting. In Georgia yesterday and in North Carolina, I made two speeches to the uh, GOPs out there. They had their big conventions and they were fantastic and great people. But she made, uh, as I'm making the speech, I noticed signs all over the room. We love our first lady. We love our first lady. Pictures of Melania all over the place. People love her. They love the fact that she doesn't push herself out there. And she's respected by everybody. You know, she's a very smart person. She's very solid. She cares about people. And she's really respected by everybody. But they really want that back. They uh, they do. As far as uh, how does she take it? You know, she's hurt when the family's hurt because the family gets hurt. Don't forget, Roger, I've been going through this from the day we came down the escalator. And even before that, you remember before that they were trying to because they saw that we were polling well. And, you know, if I weren't polling well, let's say I was polling instead of leading by a lot with the sanctimonious and the Republicans and and beating Biden now in every poll by a lot, not just a little bit. If I weren't leading, this would never happen. Or if I wasn't running even more so, this would never happen. These fake charges. It's just fake. Uh, The boxes hoax. Biden has eighteen hundred and fifty boxes that he's not giving up there at the University of Delaware. I guess he had seven or eight boxes in Chinatown, D.C. That's that's down. I tell you what, that's really that's called serious China. Few people even speak English in Chinatown, D.C. Then he's got boxes. Why are they there? And he's getting paid money. Uh, and they make it like, oh, he didn't do anything wrong. They had boxes on his garage floor under the Corvette laying all over the floor with a garage door that you could cut with a scissor. And that was open most of the time and no secret service. Remember, Mar-a-Lago is like a fortress. And Mar-a-Lago is guarded by the Secret Service. They have many, many people there. They have cameras all over. And by the way, the tapes that you read about, those tapes are my tapes. I gave them very willingly the tapes. They didn't ask Biden for tapes. He doesn't, probably doesn't have tapes, but they don't ask. I gave them the tapes. I have tapes of the FBI during the raid. I didn't put them out because I was asked not to by them. But I have tapes of uh, the raid by FBI. You want to see some tapes? Those are tapes. They came in like it was an army. It was terrible what they did. Terrible. They went through Melania's personal things. They went through every inch. It's, it was a disgrace what they did. And they did it for political reasons. They did it because they're not polling. I don't see how they can poll. The country's going to hell. When you look at Afghanistan, the way they did that, where they bring the soldiers out first and then we lose 13 soldiers, many horrifically wounded. We leave... I don't know, perhaps thousands, but we leave hundreds of people there, American people, left them there. Uh, We leave $85 billion worth of equipment. Afghanistan now is one of the largest sellers of military equipment anywhere in the world. They're selling that beautiful, brand-new equipment. And during my term, for a period of 18 months, I had a talk with Abdul. Abdul's the leader of the Taliban. Remember all the I took a lot of heat. They said, why are you talking to him? I'm talking to him because that's where the action is. You know, Jesse James, they said the great uh, he was a bandit uh, bank robber. They said, why do you rob banks? He said, that's where the money is. 
Well, I talked to Abdul because that's where the death was. They were shooting our people, killing our people, especially during Obama's time. They eased up a lot when I was there. But I told him, I said, Abdul, don't ever, don't ever think about ever doing it again. I went 18 months. Not one soldier was even shot at. Nobody was killed. Not one soldier was shot at. And then not one soldier, think of it, Roger, not one soldier was shot at. And then they have that horrible, the election gets rigged. They have this horrible, I was, I was the one getting out. I was getting out of Afghanistan. By the way, they should have kept Bagram, the Air Force Base. It was one hour away from where China makes its nuclear weapons. They gave that up. They should have never given it up. It cost billions and billions of dollars many years ago. Not for Afghanistan, but for China, you should have kept that. But they left. They fled. It looked like a surrender. I think it's the most embarrassing moment ever. And when Putin saw that, and by the way, President Xi of China, but when Putin saw that, that's when he said, wow, these people are stiffs. These people don't know what they're doing with Millie and all of these characters. Uh, this is the time to go in and do what he's always wanted to do. But he never would have done it with me. And we would have gotten out of Afghanistan with dignity and pride, not like we were surrendering, not like cowards. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who I know uh, you know, uh, has given yeah. a number of very compelling interviews recently in which he said he is absolutely convinced uh, the Central Intelligence Agency played a role in the murder both of his uncle, John F. Kennedy, uh, and his father, uh, New York U.S. Senator and former Attorney General Robert Kennedy. I know you had the opportunity to declassify all of the federal documents pertaining to the Kennedy assassination. And I believe that uh, CIA Director Mike Pompeo persuaded you to release some, but to hold back others. Then I read recently that you announced that if you return to the White House, you will finally, after all these years, declassify all the documents pertaining to the Kennedy assassination. Why do you think it's time for the American people to know? Well, I think it is time. And I will say I did do a lot. And people in the State Department asked me not to do some. And, you know, look, I have to be responsive a little bit to that. But I would do the rest of them. But I did do quite a bit, Roger. And uh, some things were learned. Uh, but we'll be doing the rest very early in the uh, term as I get into office. I think it's time now. You know, they want periods of time to go by. And I understand that some people are living that may be uh, involved in a positive way, both positive, I guess, and negative, but in a positive way. But uh, and you don't want that to happen. The, the usual is you wait till death. You wait till everyone's gone and you do it. No, I'll be doing that very early on. But I did do a lot of it. Get credit yes, for yes, it. Yes, you did. Uh, or some yes. discredit, too. Some people think it's bad that I did it. You know, it's, it's, uh, that's why they have menus in restaurants, right? Everybody's different. You choose a different food. You choose a different whatever it is. But, uh, but got a lot of credit for doing it. But I'll be doing the rest as soon as I get into office. Uh, recently, we've seen what seem to be credible reports that the federal government uh, is aware of UFOs and the existence of extraterrestrial life. When you were president, did you actually ever see any evidence of this or are you able to say? Well, I am able to say that they have some interesting reports. I was never a big believer. OK, uh, you know, I can I'm open. I'm very open minded. Uh, it was never top of my list. Uh, I figured China, Russia, 
the deep state, the communists, the Marxists in our country, you know, which I think are a much bigger threat to our country, actually, than China or Russia. Because if we have the right person leading, China or Russia is not going to be a problem. It will be a big problem. Right now, our country is in the greatest danger it's ever been because we have a man in there that's grossly incompetent, that has no idea. And the weaponry, the power, the nuclear and other things are so powerful that, you know, this is this is obliteration time for everybody, for the world, if they get it wrong. And we have a man that doesn't know what he's doing. And they're, as I said, they're at the top of their game. No, I think that uh, I think we have a Roger. We have a great we have a great future. But if we don't win this election, this country is is literally I really believe it's going to be uh, a very different country. If we're lucky, a very different. That's the good thing. Uh, probably it won't even exist as we know it. Uh, I know dangerous. the answer. I know the answer to this question because I've known you. We've been friends actually for forty-four years. Uh, but I have to ask it anyway to clear the air. Uh, you may or may not be facing additional charges that I believe will be politically motivated. This demonstrates the Democrats are petrified about facing you in another election. So, is there any circumstances under which you could see yourself? dropping out of the 2024 presidential election? No, none whatsoever. Uh, and you're right. It could be that somebody was saying, I don't know how they could do this because I made a perfect phone call. I say even more perfect than the call to Ukraine where we won totally. In fact, we got 100 percent of the Republicans in Congress uh, voting in my favor. Think of that. That never happens. That never happens. And sadly, the Republicans, they got to get a little bit more unified. But we got 100 percent. I think it was 196 or 197 votes with no dissents in Congress, which is really, you know, something special. No, I see no uh, I see no case in which I would do that. I would I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I had opportunities in 2016 to do it and I didn't do it. And uh, some pretty big opportunities. Yes. You know, you know, there were people that saying, well, you just not it's not going to happen. And uh, we did it. We ran a great race. But then think of it. In 2020, we got millions more votes, right? <laughs> I was interviewed by a reporter from a certain newspaper that is probably not your favorite. And they said, what happened exactly with 2020? I said, well, I got tens of millions more votes. I got millions and millions of more votes than I did in in 2016. And they said, you know, we never thought of that. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, and, you know, no other president's gotten anywhere near that. First of all, I got the most votes of any sitting president in history. Second of all, I got 12, 13 million more votes than we got in the previous election. I think the most was a few, very few presidents get more votes the second time. I got a record setting number of votes and nobody's ever seen it like that. And then they say we didn't win the election. No, it's a very if we don't have safe, free, clear elections, and if we don't have borders, you can no longer be a country. You're not a country. Uh, Iowa is uh, among the oldest states of the country. Uh, right. Ethanol is an extraordinarily important issue there. You are a lifetime supporter of the ethanol industry. Yeah. Uh, Governor right. DeSantis voted to both cut Social Security and Medicare and to right. extend the retirement age. And in the Congress, he opposed ethanol. I personally, and I know a little bit about politics, I think Iowa is going to be a very, very tough place for him. I think Iowa is going to be Trump country. 
Well, again, I got $28 billion from China for the farmers. Plus, I made a great trade deal with China. You know, we, I don't even talk about it because of uh, COVID, because COVID was so all uh, evasive. I mean, it was just so bad. But I made, I got $28 billion for the farmers of Iowa and other farm states. And I was a strong supporter of ethanol. Uh, I don't see, and I say it, I don't know how farmers could possibly vote against me. They had the greatest time. And I did another thing that people don't mention anymore. They said it was impossible. We had a trade deal known as NAFTA. And NAFTA was a just a horrible, horrible deal. And everybody said it'll be impossible because of lobbyists. It would be impossible to terminate. I got it terminated. And I made USMCA. That's Mexico and Canada. And it's such an unbelievable deal for our farmers and for our manufacturers that Mexico and Canada are negotiating heavily to try and get it altered. But I made a great deal, an unbelievable deal. And I just tell the Biden administration, don't do it, because we suffered for years with Mexico and Canada because of NAFTA, which was the worst trade deal you can imagine. We suffered for years. And I made a deal, USMCA, that's so good that they're trying to change it now, Roger, and they shouldn't do it. So between ethanol, I'm very strong on the ethanol. I'm helping. Uh, I've been I saved it for Senator Grassley and the others. I saved it. They would come to my office and work with me. And I got it saved. I got it uh, extended and saved. Uh, DeSantis was totally against it, totally against it. Now he's probably going to change his tune. One thing I'll say, he was against, remember, Social Security. He wanted to raise the minimum age to 70. He was against a lot of things. He was against Medicare. One thing about a politician I've noticed over a long period of time, when they're initially against something and then they change for political reasons, they always go back to their original view. And here's a guy who wanted to obliterate Social Security and obliterate Medicare. And he'll go back to that. He'll absolutely go back to that. We have enough things we can do that we don't have to do that. And these people earned it. But we have enough things we can do. But he will go back to it. And as far as Iowa is concerned, there is no way. I don't think I think his statements against ethanol were so strong. I don't see any way he can possibly come out in favor of it at this moment. All right. Well, unfortunately, Mr. President, uh, we are out of time. As you know me, I could talk politics forever. Uh, yes, I want to can. thank the, the 45th and 47th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Uh, Mrs. Stone, you attended our wedding in Washington, D.C., one of the great honors of my life. She wanted me to extend her her best wishes. She is recovering from stage four cancer, doing extraordinarily well. Uh, she's going to be around to vote for you in 2024 and long beyond. I want to thank you, Mr. She President, for joining person. us here. She's a great person. Say hello and congratulations on your show. And it's going to be a big hit. There's nobody knows politics like the man. And just uh, enjoy yourself, Roger. You deserve it.